Greetings and welcome to Little Readers Podcast dedicated to literacy, listening skills, comprehension, and a love of reading. Today, our episode is entitled Amelia Bedelia Means Business by Herman Parrish III, pictures by Lynn Avril, published in 2013 by Green Willow Books, which is an imprint of HarperCollins Publishers. This presentation of Amelia Bedelia Means Business is a chapter book and will be presented in three episodes on Little Readers 6-8 through eight podcast, each lasting approximately 20 minutes. I hope you enjoy Amelia's antics and humor as she pursues her dream of getting a new bike. Before we begin the story, I must explain two things about the story. First, Amelia is very exact in her understanding of the spoken word. She uses the actual meanings of words as she hears them. They say she is very literal. For instance, if someone asks Amelia, what's up? Which means, how are you? What are you doing? She might reply, the sky, taking it literally. So keep that in mind as we move through the story. Second thing you should keep in mind. We need to remember that in conversations, we include expressions that have double meanings. This story includes many expressions that have double meanings because Amelia, being literal, misinterprets everything. Now, the good thing about this is it adds to the story to make it funny. If you remember these two things as we read, you should understand the humor of it. Here we go. Chapter 1. Money is the route. Amelia Bedelia never meant to lead a pack of dogs on a wild goose chase. She never meant to steal something and then sell it. She never meant to make someone look bad, very bad, or lead a parade astray or even stomp on a piece of perfectly delicious cherry pie. But all that and more actually happened. Amelia Bedelia needed to earn some money. The truth was, Amelia Bedelia needed to earn a lot of money. Maybe that was the real problem. Earning some money would have been easy. Amelia could have planted petunias for a neighbor, or fed a cat while its owner was on vacation, but such small jobs would never have earned the wheelbarrows full of money that Amelia needed to make. It all started innocently enough when Amelia decided that she wanted a new bike. But then one thing led to another, until the mayor of Amelia Bedelia's town finally said, that Amelia Bedelia, she means business. Here's what happened. Chapter 2. The Bike Amelia Bedelia adored her bike. It was a great bike. It was fast and dependable, and she had learned to ride on it. She could tell you how it had gotten every dent. She could tell you what had chipped each fragment of paint from the frame and what had made those rusty scratches on the chrome. 
She could also match each insult to her bike to an injury on her body. Scabs on her knees, scrapes to her elbows, bruises on her shins, and a tiny sliver of a scar under her chin. Amelia Bedelia had parked her bike at the bike rack. She was about to go into school when she saw some kids buzzing around Suzanne Scroggins. Now, Suzanne was a new girl this year. She told all her friends to call her Susie. Amelia Bedelia still called her Suzanne, even though Amelia Bedelia sat right behind her. Amelia had never figured out why Suzanne was so crabby and bossy every day. Every day except for today, of course, since it was the last day of school before vacation. Amelia noticed the difference right away. Suzanne was smiling from ear to ear. Then Amelia saw why Suzanne had a new bike. It was the most beautiful bike in the world. Amelia was speechless, but she did make a sound. It was the takes-your-breath-away-inhaling sound that you can't control when you see something amazing. The bike was painted a rich emerald green with metal flakes that sparkled like diamonds floating just beneath the smooth enamel surface. Gleaming chrome reflected the morning sun, dazzling Amelia's eyes. She tried to look away, but she could not take her eyes off the bike. It hurt to look. It hurt more not to look. Every inch of the bike was so streamlined that it looked as though it was still moving, even after Suzanne had parked it. From the back of her throat, Amelia Bedelia managed to croak, Nice bike. Thank you, said Suzanne, but bikes are bikes. That's true, said Amelia, just two wheels with spokes. And lots of gears, said Suzanne. I don't have any gears, said Amelia. Two tires, definitely, said Suzanne. Not really. I don't get too tired without gears, said Amelia. Brakes, said Suzanne. Sometimes my bike breaks, said Amelia. Then my dad fixes it. The bell rang, and it was time to go inside. As Suzanne locked her bike at the rack, she said, Don't forget to lock up your bike, Amelia Bedelia. That's when the truth hit Amelia. She had never locked up her bike. She didn't have to, because it wasn't worth stealing. Who would want it? After seeing the bike, Amelia Bedelia didn't. That's for sure. Everyone followed Suzanne into school, leaving Amelia Bedelia to ponder the difference between the two bikes. She felt bad for her bike. She felt bad about feeling bad about her bike. She felt bad, period. 
Finding out that life is unfair is no way to start the day, and it certainly was no way to start school vacation. That afternoon, after school, Amelia Bedelia avoided everyone, even her friends. She hid behind the dumpster, listening to the laughter and the jokes and the cries of, Have a good break! Finally, Amelia Bedelia got on her bike and rode home. She took the back way so no one would see her. Chapter 3 There But for the Grace And please, said Amelia Bedelia, bring me a new bike. Amen. After she finished saying grace, Amelia Bedelia dove into her supper. Her parents did not begin to eat. They just looked at her, then looked at each other. Her mom arched an eyebrow as high as it would go. Her dad opened his eyes super wide for a couple seconds, as if someone had stepped on his stomach. Had Amelia Bedelia been paying attention instead of twirling her spaghetti and dreaming about bikes, she would have seen this secret eye talk that all parents use to communicate with each other when their kids are present. Amelia Bedelia's father unfolded his napkin, spread it neatly on his lap, and then asked, So, has anyone seen any bikes lately? Amelia Bedelia sat up straight, without having to be told, and exclaimed, You wouldn't believe the bike I saw today! She spent the next ten minutes giving her parents an inch-by-inch description of the most beautiful bike in the world, right down to the last spoke. Goodness, said Amelia Bedelia's mother, a bike like that must cost an arm and a leg. Amelia Bedelia shook her head. I would never pay that much. You need both arms to steer a bike like that and both legs to pedal it said Amelia. <laughs> That's a good point, said her father. You certainly need to be big and strong to ride a bike like that. Yes, said her mother. So take a bite of that broccoli before it gets cold. Amelia took an extra large bite. How far away is Christmas, she asked with her mouth full. A long way away, said her mother. Amelia took a much smaller bite of her broccoli. How far away is my birthday? Even farther, said her father. Did I get all my allowance this week? Every penny, said her father. But remember, you'll have to pay me if you talk with your mouth full. Amelia Bedelia closed her mouth. She chewed and chewed. Then she swallowed and she said, could I get an early Christmas present and an early birthday present? A new bike is the only thing you'd have to give me, ever, for years and years. Well, said her mother, I think it would be better if a bike wasn't just given to you. Amelia Bedelia looked down at her plate. Her stomach hurt. Now she wished she had not eaten any broccoli at all. Since she was looking at her plate, she once again 
missed the eye talk between her parents. This time, her mom's eyes grew wider, while both of her dad's eyebrows arched high enough to graze the ceiling. I agree, said her dad. You should work for a new bike and earn the money for at least half of it. Amelia Bedelia smiled and looked at her parents. Which half costs more, the front half or the back half? Her mother replied, They don't sell bikes that way, honey. Then her father said, I'll tell you what. What? asked Amelia. What about what? What do you have to tell me about what? Can we please keep talking about my bike instead of what? Amelia Bedelia's father patiently refilled his water glass. Well, we can't afford to buy a fancy bike like that. But I can meet you halfway. Amelia Bedelia slid off her chair. She walked exactly halfway around the table and stood there. Her mom and dad stared at each other, then back at her. Okay, here I am. Are you going to meet me halfway or not? said Amelia. Amelia Bedelia's dad stood up and walked halfway around the table to meet her. He said, We will pay for half the cost of a new bike, but you will have to pay for the other half. He held out his hand. Amelia looked at it. Well, I, I can't pay you my half tonight, she said. Of course not, said her father. Tonight, we'll make an agreement. In business, when you agree to do something, you shake the other person's hand. Amelia Bedelia grabbed his wrist and shook his hand as hard as she could, up and down, up and... Ow! said her father. Not like that, sweetie, said her mother. This is how you shake hands. Her mother showed her how to shake hands with her father. Make a firm handshake, Mom said. Your hand shouldn't feel like a dead fish or a wet noodle. Then her parents gave each other a hug. You should probably leave out the hug part, sweetie, said her mother. Why? I love Dad. She shook her father's hand and then her mother's hand. Amelia hugged both of them together. Family hug, she hollered. When they were all hugged out, Amelia's father said, Now, Amelia, let's have dessert and talk about how you're going to earn your half of that bike. Chapter 4 You're Hired Since the next day was Saturday, Amelia Bedelia and her parents did what they always did on Saturdays. After Amelia Bedelia's swimming lesson, they had lunch at Pete's diner. Pete's was mobbed. They had to sit at the counter instead of their favorite booth. Amelia loved sitting at the counter. She loved being close to the action, hearing the orders called out, watching them get filled and seeing everyone working together to make the diner run smoothly. While they waited for their food, 
Amelia asked her parents what kinds of jobs they had when they were growing up. Her dad said, I did all sorts of odd jobs. Amelia replied, My job doesn't have to be odd. I don't have to be a lion tamer or something unusual. It can be a normal, regular job, so long as it pays me a lot. Her mother said, When I was young, I worked as a waitress. I made buckets of money. My customers always gave me big tips. Amelia replied, That sounds kind of fun. Did they ever tip you so much that you fell over? <laughs> Before her mother could answer, the food arrived. Their usual waitress was so busy that the owner of the diner, Pete, served them. He said as he put down the plates, Sorry, folks, I'm very short-handed today. Amelia looked closely at his hands. Uh, they looked like they were the regular length, not too short, not too long. Then she looked at the french fries in front of her. Yum, she said, and she gave the ketchup bottle an extra hard squeeze. The ketchup squirted right over the top of the fries and on to Pete's clean white apron. Hey, look out, ketchup on the loose, shouted Pete. Amelia thought she was in trouble until Pete chuckled and asked, <laughs> Do I look like a French fry to you? No, said Amelia Bedelia. But you do look like you need some help. Do you have a job for me? Pete looked at Amelia Bedelia's parents. They both smiled and shrugged. Her father replied, We come here every Saturday. She knows your routine, Pete. Her mother added, She's a good worker. Amelia will do exactly what you tell her to do. And she's on vacation now, so she does have spare time. Pete leaned forward to take a good look at Amelia Bedelia. I wonder, he said, can you cut the mustard? Amelia replied, I've never tried that, but I sure can squirt the ketchup. <laughs> Pete laughed. You sure can. Okay, I'll give it a try. You're hired. You can be an official Pete's Diner waitress in training. Amelia reached out and gave Pete a firm handshake. Was that his shorthand, she wondered? <laughs> Honestly, she felt like hugging him, too. Instead, she hugged her parents. Her mom replied, Congratulations, sweetie. Her dad said, that's my girl. You landed your very first job. You're hired. Those were magic words to Amelia Bedelia. Those words meant that her dream bike would soon be a reality. She gobbled down her fries, said goodbye to her parents, then slid off her stool and skipped into the kitchen. Doris, their regular waitress, found her a uniform. Doris said, This is the smallest size we've got, honey. 
Dora slipped the uniform over Amelia's clothes. She tucked here and folded there. Finally, after a half dozen safety pins had been pinned and a bunch of twisty ties had been twisted and tied, Amelia Bedelia was ready for action. Doris said to her, You look nervous. Don't worry. I'll show you the ropes. Follow me. How cool, thought Amelia Bedelia. What kind of ropes would Doris show her? Cowboy lassos? Mountain climber ropes? Those thick lines that tie ships up to the pier? Maybe this would turn out to be an odd job after all. Well, well, said Pete, with Amelia Bedelia and when Amelia Bedelia and Doris came out of the kitchen, look at you. I can't, said Amelia. There's no mirror. <laughs> well, believe me, he said, you look like a real waitress. Now, I have only one rule. Can you read that? He pointed at a sign over the cash register. Amelia read the sign out loud. The customer is always right. Someone, probably Pete, had underlined the word always in red. Just remember that the customer is always right, said Pete, and you'll never go wrong around here. Wrong? thought Amelia Bedelia. What could possibly go wrong? 